we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. A los hermanos que entienden el español, venimos a dar gracias a Dios por la bendición que nos da almas para el reino del Señor. Emmanuel viene entregando su vida a Cristo Jesús y pidiendo bautismos en las aguas. Emmanuel, basado en tu fe en Cristo, te bautizo en nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Good job. This way and then turn around. Micah, basado en tu fe, en Cristo Jesús, y el compromiso que has hecho con Dios, te bautizamos en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Lime, Lime. Come on, Lime. There you go. <laughs> Lime viene y tiene ocho años de edad. She is eight years old. The brother Grant just told her that she, he got baptized here when he was eight years old. Her parents have talked to her. We have brought her along for months. And she has desired to be baptized at this time. Lime, en tu confianza que tienes en Cristo Jesús, te bautizo en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Cada su tiempo. María Elizabeth ha entregado su vida a Cristo Jesús y pide ser bautizada en este día en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Sylvia has come to us by way of the conferences that we have had in evangelism. Y damos gracias a Dios por el compromiso que has hecho con el Señor. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo Bautismo. Church, will you stand with me? Padre, en el nombre de tu Hijo amado Cristo Jesús, te damos gracias por el privilegio que nos das de participar. Deseamos que todo lo que hemos hecho te agrade a ti. 
Te damos gracias por tu misericordia y tu compasión que tienes todavía en salvar almas para tu reino. En Cristo Jesús. Amén. God bless you. Thank you, boys and girls. Would you take a moment to welcome those around you in worship this morning? I cannot think of a better way to begin worship than the way we began today. Yeah. 
seeing the fruit of baptism, seeing the fruit of our Spanish ministry, seeing the fruit of our children's ministry and our children's choirs. What a beautiful way to begin our worship of our Lord. It's perfect. So we're glad you're, you're here today. If you're a guest with us, we'd love to get to know you. The way we do that are these Connect Here cards that look like this. They should be in the pew backs in front of you or in the balcony. They're on the tables in the back. Um, but we'd love for you to take this and fill it out and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service so we can know your name. Now we gather today, and this is our last study in the miracles of the Gospel of Matthew. And so as we gather together in this last day in the book of Matthew, we're grateful as we've seen all along the way that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is in control. And it didn't matter what he faced and it didn't matter what the people around him faced, our Lord is in control. And so that means for us that we will not fear. We will not fear anything that's temporal or of this world. We will not fear because we have a loving God who cares deeply for us. And in the same way that we won't fear, we will worship and we will sing praise to his holy name because he is good. So let's worship in that way and let us pray in that way. Father, we are, we are grateful to be in this place. It is a blessing to be together, a blessing to be with you. We praise your name for these baptisms. Lord, we pray the story of redemption would forever be told out of this church in the heart of downtown San Antonio, that we would preach your gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified forevermore. And so, Lord, we, we do that this morning, glorifying your name, pointing people to you, knowing that we aren't worthy. And so, Lord, we lift our, our voices unto you, our shouts of praise to the heavens, because it's you alone that deserve that glory and praise. And it's his name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, friends. As we, we begin worship this morning in such a powerful way, we now continue through the Word of God. So follow along as I read from Isaiah 35. And I hope you've been reading. I hope you've been reading all week long this wonderful story um, of, of the miracle of Jesus restoring sight to these two blind men. Look how the prophet Isaiah tells about what this Christ will do for us all. Follow along. Encourage the exhausted, it says, and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with an anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Thanks be to God that Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy. So as we continue, everybody, let's sing, Serve the Lord with Gladness, hymn 495. Standing together, let's sing.
You may be seated. Amen. Children, come down and meet me right down here. Come on down. Good morning. We also want to welcome our TV congregation. Thanks for, for being a part of us in that way. We're grateful to have you. Good morning, everybody. And so, hi, baby. Morning. Come on down, everybody. We'll give her a few more. Good to see everybody. Morning. Got it? Here you go. All right. I've got a couple of questions for you guys this morning. First question, and I'll kind of do it like we do sometimes. I'm going to kind of ask this side first, and then we'll let this side answer, okay? So first question on this side, what or, or how big, let me ask this, how big is the biggest crowd you've ever been in? Do you know? What, what was it? What's the, how big was it? A hundred people, that's a lot, isn't it? What, what do you think? What's the, how, how many people was it? What's the biggest crowd? Do you know? Two hundreds? Thousand? Yeah, that's right. What about on this side? How big is the biggest crowd you've ever been a part of? What was 153. it? 153. 153, good. 1,060. 1,060? What's the biggest crowd? One million. One million thousand. All right, that's a lot of millions. Sixty-nine. All right, well, let me ask you this. So that's the number. Now tell me, what was it? What do you remember? What was the event, the biggest crowd you were a part of? What, what was the event? Do you remember? What, what, what is it? Biggest crowd? When you were in New York, there's a big crowd. I, I'm going to tell a story in the sermon from New York. Listen for that. Yeah, what was the biggest crowd? Right here. Right here? Yeah, this is a pretty big crowd, isn't it? Yeah. Rodeo. Rodeo. The parade, yeah. One more. The rodeo, yeah. What about on this side? The rodeo. Rodeo, man, we've had a lot of rodeo experiences. Was it rodeo? Where was it? Big. Parade. The parade. Skiing, yeah. And wait, the cafeteria on Chick Fil A day. That's that's a lot, isn't it? Yes, it's a lot of people. That's true. That's right. So I want you to think with me. In, in the uh, sermon today, text today, we're, we're talking some about crowds. And there's this big crowd that has come in around Jesus. I want you to listen for that. Listen for this crowd that's coming in. And one of the things that I hope we remember is, you know, sometimes it's easiest just to go with the crowd, even when the crowd isn't going with Jesus. But even when it's easier, it's always better to follow Jesus. Right? And so if we have to choose if we're going to follow the crowd and all the people, if we're going to follow Jesus, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but the best thing for you is always going to be able to follow Jesus wherever he goes. Okay? I want you to listen in the sermon for that and listen for that story from New York City. Okay? All right, let's pray and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this time together today. Lord, we pray that you would bless our hearts, help us to know you more, and Lord, we pray that your spirit would instill in us a faith that will follow you anywhere. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Okay, so here's just a spirit of confession for you, everybody. Um, 
So in an order to bathe the worship service in our scripture uh, every week, it's, sometimes it's a challenge. Finding hymns with fish and coins in their mouth, that was a challenge. <laughs> Obviously, you can see this week I'm overcompensating. I just found every possible hymn or song that had anything about opening our eyes because sometimes it's just easier than others. But we're going to sing them all this, this morning. And as you do that, this is your prayer, particularly when we get to that worship song, Open My Eyes. It is just, it's just the, Jesus asked them, didn't he? What do you want? What can I do for you? Because the truth is he's, he's standing there waiting, asking us that question. What is it that you, you desire? Ask, seek, knock, the scripture says. Open my eyes that I may see. What a privilege this is to sing this. So you sing this with a real attitude of prayer, okay? So let's start with hymn 502. Open my eyes that I may see. Standing together.
You may be seated. Please continue to worship. Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. It looks like this. It should be in the 
bulletin. Matthew. We're going to read aloud together Matthew 20, 29 through 34. Let's stand and we'll read. <clears throat> this then is the text for today. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, and two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly told them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they regained their sight and followed him. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, one of the, the joys of, of being here in San Antonio the last couple of years is being able to attend the Valero Texas Open. It is a great golf event. It's the PGA Tour event. And, and if you've ever been to a PGA Tour event, it's, it's unlike any other professional sport. Because with, with the PGA Tour, you can get up close and personal with the players. You can be right beside them. In fact, it happened to me, and I didn't even know it. It really kind of shocked me. I decided to walk between two holes. And as I'm walking, I'm, I'm realizing there, there's somebody right beside me. I mean, so close I could have nudged them with my elbow. And, and when I looked to my right to see who it was, it was a PGA Tour golfer who actually won last week, Adam Scott. He's a famous golfer from Australia. And he and I are walking on the very same path going to the next tee box. In fact, we're walking through the, to the third tee box together. You know, a similar experience happened in Waco, and I, I pastored in Waco about eight and a half years. And uh, in that time, uh, two presidents came to Waco. Of course, George W. was in quite a bit, but Obama also made an official visit to Waco. In fact, one day, I, I looked up, and Marine One was flying over me. But there's another time, though. I was driving down 4th Street in Waco. And a policeman stops me, and I didn't get pulled over. He was just telling me to stop. And so he waved at me, and I pulled over, and then we waited, and we waited, and we waited forever. But eventually, the presidential motorcade came right past me. I was on the exact same road as the President of the United States of America. It's amazing that in our text for today, G Jesus Christ is on his way. He's, he's on the road into Jerusalem, and that's where he's headed. You know, we don't yet get the full picture. If you're reading through the Gospels for the first time, you don't yet know what's coming. But just after our story for this week is the triumphal entry of Palm Sunday. And the triumphal entry of Palm Sunday means that Jesus Christ is on his way to the cross. The large crowd that's gathered in around Jesus Christ has no clue. The disciples can't yet fathom it, but Jesus is about to be deserted by most everyone following him. See, right now, in this moment, everyone is in the vicinity of Jesus Christ, but they have no clue what's about to happen. You know, the, the, the crowd doesn't know the extent of pain that Jesus Christ is about to have to endure, and yet they still try to protect him. 
These two blind men began calling out to Jesus. They want a moment with the Christ, and the crowd goes out of their way to protect Jesus and to silence these two blind men. Hey, think about that contrast, because Jesus Christ himself knows everything that he is about to endure. In fact, he knows that he is about to walk through Jerusalem to the cross. And still, Jesus takes the time for these two blind men. This is the work of the Christ. This is, this is what the Old Testament has been pointing us to. Jesus enacted it every day. All the way through our study in the book of Matthew, we have seen this same Christ reaching out to his people time and time again. Jesus stopping on the way to make things right. You know, in the most beautiful of questions, Jesus asked these two men, what do you want me to do for you? Now, how do we ask that question? If Jesus Christ is standing in front of us, what do you want me to do for you? Now, these two men were blind, they were incurable, they were hopeless in their current situation. And they ask our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to open their eyes so that the light might come in, that they would no longer be blind. But how would you answer that question? If Jesus asked you this morning, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? In front of Jesus and everyone in this room, what would you say when he asked, what do you want me to do for you? Because we see the power of the Christ in verse 34. It's the last verse of this text. It says, Jesus is moved with compassion. And as it is, Jesus has a heart for the children of God. Jesus cares about you as an individual. He, he, he cares about who you are and the things that you are going through right now. You know, one of the things that, that we recognize is we've been studying both downtown San Antonio We've been studying the, the culture around us. One thing keeps surfacing at the top that it seems as though everyone around us is lonely. And there's a plague of loneliness that has settled over downtown and has settled over our culture, that we are more connected than ever, but we are lonelier than we've ever been. And, and let me tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is with you and Jesus Christ is for you. You're not alone. In fact, you have a compassionate Lord who is asking you this very same question. What do you want me to do for you today? Move with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched them, and immediately they were healed. And Jesus had that authority as the Son of God. And so what do you say? How would you answer Jesus here? What do you want me to do? Now, before, before you blurt an answer out, we need to recognize something together. But, but before, before you, you make this response, you need to know the most impactful thing that Jesus Christ can do for you this morning. Because sometimes when we, when we think through that, we, we understand there, there's a good biblical Old Testament answer to that in Solomon. When Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom and he's prayed for that, in fact, God builds Solomon up into this great king full of wisdom and riches and does a mighty work in his life. And so sometimes we think the most impactful thing that God can do for me is give me that kind of wisdom. Let me give you an, a different answer this morning. Let me move you from Solomon in the Old Testament to Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Because the most meaningful thing that Jesus Christ can do for you this morning is to forgive you of your sins and forgive you of those things that you have hidden in your heart that need to be done away with. As, as the people of God gathered around His Word this morning, we must understand that the single greatest threat to our lives is our own sin. 
Choices that we have willfully made that separate us from God. The distance that you feel, the loneliness that you feel is not from God's grandness. It's from your own sin that you've harbored in your heart. And what God did is he chose to, to come down in the person of Jesus Christ, come to this earth and be near to us, to have compassion on us, and walk to the cross so that we might be forgiven of our sins. You see, the single thing, uh, greatest thing that Jesus Christ can do for you this morning is to make your life pure as the driven snow. We had six baptisms this morning, all of which are, are pictures of this reality. This reality of Christ making us whole and pure and holy. And see, Je Jesus, he, he healed these two men. And then after the triumphal entry, Jesus had compassion on you. After he took time to have compassion on these two men in our text for today, Jesus took the time to have compassion on you. To walk to the cross so that you might be forgiven for your sins. You see, when you look at verse 34, and it talks about that compassion and work of Jesus, he continued it. And it continues unto this day to heal you and make you righteous, to heal you and make you right with God again. And for all of the ways that you have ruined that, God will restore it in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, one time I was in New York City in mid-March, and I was walking down East 51st Street, and I was met by a wall of people. Apparently, it was St. Patrick's Day, and I didn't know it. <laughs> Apparently, there is a large St. Patrick's Day uh, celebration in New York City, and they were having their own parade. They said there were some 150,000 people in that parade. Me and my, my friend who was with me, we just wanted to get across Fifth Avenue. And this celebration was in our way. And, and at that point, we, we literally made the decision to walk through the parade to get to the other side. And that's what we did. You see, as it turned out, we were in the vicinity of a massive parade, but we didn't want anything to do with it. In fact, we were ready to just get on about our business. And see, just because I was there, and just because I was on the parade route, doesn't mean I was in the parade. In fact, we just kept going. You know, it's kind of like being in the vicinity of Adam Scott. Adam Scott and I are both walking in the same direction, but going to very different places. He was going to the tee box, I was going to find a seat. It was, it was being right there next to the presidential motorcade. It was on the, on the same road. And not just being, I mean, just because I was in the vicinity doesn't mean I was near the president. You can be in the vicinity and nowhere near him. You can be on the same street and not a part of the festivities. You can be on the same path and going a different direction. And you know, this is what I hear in verse 31. If you, if you look with me at Matthew 20, verse 31, this is what I hear in the, the statement of the crowd here. The crowd sternly tells the two blind men to be quiet. 
You know, this is what I hear in verse 31. There's, a, there's this crowd that has engulfed Jesus Christ. They're in the vicinity of Jesus, but they're nowhere near him. This crowd that has come in here, they're, they're rebuking the very men that Jesus Christ came to save. You see, th these are the ones that, that Jesus was caring for, and they pushed him away. They were in the vicinity of Jesus, but nowhere near him. You know, I, I fear that there are many in the church who unwittingly find themselves in the very same place as this crowd. That however it's happened in our lives, and it's happened all kinds of ways, however it's happened in our lives, we have ended up in the vicinity of Jesus Christ, and we believe that is enough. We haven't recognized the, the, the lordship of Jesus Christ over our life. We, we haven't yet surrendered to him. And we start to think to ourselves, if we can find a seat near Jesus, that'll probably be okay. And let me tell you this morning, that just isn't the case. You can't just find a seat in the vicinity of Jesus. You have to follow Jesus Christ. In the vicinity is not enough to save you. You have to follow him. And that's what we've, we've, we've been resolved to do in this place, that we are going to follow our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, whenever, wherever, and forever. We're, we're going to follow Jesus through the storm because he is that Lord and risen Savior. That's what we've seen all through these texts as we work through the gospel of Matthew together, seeing these miracles all along the way, that Jesus is Lord and he is our Savior. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the vicinity of Jesus, and they're only in the vicinity of Jesus because they're bored with everything else. And there's a lot of people who found themselves in the vicinity of Jesus just because everybody else was doing it. There's a lot of people who found themselves in the vicinity of Jesus because he's famous or because he's powerful or because he's miraculous. And when you're, when you're in the vicinity of Jesus for some kind of spectacle, it all just comes and goes. There's no power in it. There's no power in the vicinity. The power is in the presence of Jesus Christ. When Jesus is the Lord and risen Savior, there's no roadblock that's going to get in your way. There's no roadblock that will separate you from God. There's no path that will divide you from your Savior. When Jesus is that risen Savior, there is power in him and power in your life. You will live in him in the real presence, and your life is changed for eternity. It's just like these two men, these two blind men. They were changed forever because there's this real encounter with Jesus Christ. They weren't just in the vicinity. They knew Jesus Christ as Lord. And so this morning, let me implore you to not settle for just being in the vicinity of the Christ because he is reaching out and he is calling out unto us. Will we hear his voice and respond? And how, are, how are we going to respond when, when Jesus calls down from heaven with that very same personal question? What do you want me to do for you? How are we going to answer this morning? My prayer is this, may we all pray, forgive me for my sins, and follow Jesus Christ into eternity. Let's pray together. Lord, we're grateful for your word. 
and for this, this time together. Lord, we pray that your, your spirit would speak into our hearts and, in fact, break into our hearts of stone. Soften them so that they might be molded into something pure. Lord, that you would mold us into the men and women of God that you have called us to be. And in, in this time, Lord, we, we pray that by your spirit we wouldn't resist, but we would submit. Lord, we wouldn't fight, but we would surrender. That in these moments, before you and before your word and before your church, Lord, that we would bow our knee and say, you are Lord over all. So, Lord, we, we come to you broken and humble, a people in need of a Savior. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our, our time of response now like we do every week. And all of us need to respond to God in some way this morning. Um, there's some ways at the bottom of your listening sheet. Uh, maybe you'd like to respond in those ways. You're certainly welcome to do that. Um, the altar is also open. We need to use it. We need to be on our knees before the Lord in prayer. Come, come down and, and use the altar. Maybe this is the time to answer that question. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Come kneel and tell him the answer to that question. It's also the time Brian will be here, I'll be over here. If you want to talk about accepting Christ as your Savior, being a part of this church, this is the time to do it. Come as we sing. It's also going to be a time where we're going to sing together, we're going to give, and we're going to do it with a, a cheerful heart as the Spirit moves. So let's, let's respond together this morning. If you need to remain seated, that's fine. The, the rest of us, let us stand as we all respond unto the Lord.
move, I'm going to ask you to be seated and, and continue to worship as we do so now through our giving.
Let me give you a few of our Life Together moments. One of those is tonight is our, our regular scheduled church conference, uh, but we have business to tend to. And so we ask you to come back to church conference tonight at 6. It'll be over in 4th Street Crossing. Um, so please come and be a part of that. It's going to be a good night together. Uh, then as we look forward into next week, on Friday we have a Daddy-Daughter Sweetheart Banquet. Uh, this is new for us, but this is exciting and, and going to be good. You do have to sign up online, um, and so we would love for you to come, fathers and daughters, and, and be a part of that with us. It's going to be a good time Friday night. Uh, be aware March 1st is Area Fellowships again, so make sure you get signed up for an Area Fellowship and know where you're going to be going for those. And then on Sunday, March 8th, um, we have just begun, we've had our first time around with a new, new member process. And so the way this looks now is we have a discovery class. For those of you who think you, you're ready to become a member and become officially a part of this church, we gather together and you get, you get a day with us. You get the history of the church, you get lunch with us, and you get some time with myself and some of our other pastors. And that's going to happen again on Sunday, March 8th. It goes from 8.40 a.m. to about 2 p.m. Um, so we'd love for you to come. If you're, if you're thinking about officially being a part of this church, uh, come to that. But you do have to sign up online to RSVP for that lunch. Um, so make sure that, that you do that. We also have a couple of welcome to the worlds with us, two new baby girls, um, Grant and Beverly Fisher, and uh, Anna Lynn, born February 11th, and then also David and Danielle Carlisle have Emmeline Hope. And both of these two new baby girls are a gift of God. May we not forget how, how beautiful and precious that life is as God formed them in the womb and brought these two new lives um, into our church family. So we're, we're grateful for that. Uh, lastly, for me, you see these uh, beautiful flowers that are in front of me. They're given to the glory of God and in memory of Lloyd Bingham. And so we're grateful. Um, Brian, would you come? Church family, this morning we welcome Madison Hamby, who comes for baptism, having received Christ as her Savior. Madison, you come, come stand with her. We've got family and friends coming up. Madison coming down for baptism. Yeah, come stand with her here. If you look forward and walking in faith with Madison, would you say Amen. Amen. And we love you. That's right. We, we love you, Madison. Uh, Madison, the Hamdies, they'll be with me over there. You come by and, and welcome her into this family of faith. As Pastor said, man, think about the service today. We began with the symbol of baptism and the, the promise of, of new life. We celebrated new life, um, birth of, of children, and, and we welcome one in having made this decision. It's a good day, amen? amen. I do also want to say for the daddy-daughter banquet, for those dads with multiple daughters, I checked. You don't have to pick a favorite. You can bring them all. So just avoiding crisis at home, okay, everyone? So sign up for that. Bring them all. Let's be dismissed, everyone. Be thou my vision. Stand together.
God bless you. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.